let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Ago! 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 Once upon a time, there was a young man who was a tailor. His name was Maxwell. He had a small tailor shop in the front and a small room behind. Best of all, Maxwell was a Christian. He loved God and was devoted to him. And one night, when Maxwell slept, suddenly, Jesus Christ himself appeared to Maxwell in a dream. It was glorious. And the Lord said to him, My son, Tomorrow, I will come and visit you in your house. When Maxwell woke in the morning, he was so excited he could hardly contain his joy. Jesus Christ was coming to visit him. He went quickly to the shop and began to arrange and clean and do everything. And then he said, Jesus might be hungry. I better prepare food. He cooked food and prepared it down for Jesus. Then he said, what will I give you? Ah, I have a shirt, a beautiful tunic with a fine fabric. I just need to sew a button here, a zipper there. I will save that for Jesus. He did all of that and then Maxwell sat down to wait. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door. Maxwell jumped up with great excitement. He rushed to the door. He threw open the door and there was an old woman. She had scraggly gray hair. She was missing two teeth. She was lean and she said, Sir, I'm hungry. Please give me food to eat. Maxwell was shocked. He thought it was Jesus. He didn't know this woman and he only had the food that he had prepared for Jesus. But before he knew what happened, he had invited the woman and sat her at the table and he gave her the food he cooked for Jesus. She ate and wiped her face, got up and said thank you, and left. Maxwell sat down and started to feel bad. Ah, this food I prepared for Jesus, this woman has come to eat it. Ah, he remembered, but at least I have the shirt to give to him. So he sat down and waited. Then there was a second knock on the door. Maxwell jumped up with great excitement. He rushed to the door. He threw open the door, and there was his friend Kojo. Kojo said, hey, brah, you know I've been looking for work for a year. I've not had even one interview, but today, 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 I've got interview at a big company. Please, brah, I need a new shirt. If I get a nice shirt, it will make a good impression at the interview. Please give me a shirt, give me a shirt, give me a shirt. Hey, Maxwell didn't know what to do. He had prepared a beautiful shirt for Jesus, and his friend Kojo was asking for the shirt. But before he knew what happened, he had given the shirt to Kojo. Kojo went away and said, thank you. And Maxwell sat down. He gave away the food. He gave away the the shirt. He wasn't too sure what to do, but at least he was there waiting for Jesus. Then suddenly there was a knock on the door. Maxwell jumped up with great enthusiasm. He rushed to the door and opened the door. And there, there was a small boy standing there crying. Maxwell said, "Ah, I'm waiting for Jesus. What is this small boy doing here? The boy was crying. He said, please, sir, I've lost my way. I can't find my way home. Please take me to my mother. Maxwell was saying, I can't leave. Jesus is coming to visit me. I don't have time for this. I don't know you. I don't know your mother. But the boy was crying and Maxwell felt so heartbroken. He decided to just help him. So he wrote a note, Dear Jesus, I've gone out for a minute, but I'm coming just now. Please wait for me. He taped the note to the door. He took the boy by the hand. They moved right, they moved left. They were searching for the house, looking here and there. Time was going. In fact, he had to stop and buy the boy Calippo and Biscuit. They couldn't find the house. They were tripsing up and down. After hours, finally, they came to the house. The little boy ran and hugged his mother and the mother waved at Maxwell thank you and Maxwell rushed back to the house fortunately 
the note to Jesus was still on the door. So he knew Jesus had not yet come. So he went inside to sit down and wait. By now it was afternoon and he waited and waited and waited. Evening came and dark came and it got to the night and suddenly Maxwell realized Jesus Christ was not coming. Hey, he was heartbroken. He started weeping. He went and knelt down by his bed. He said, Jesus, why? Why didn't you come? You told me you would come. Why didn't you come? Oh, Jesus. And then Jesus appeared to him again. And Jesus said, my son, I did come. I was there in the woman and you gave me food to eat. Thank you. I was there in your friend Kojo and you gave me shirt to wear. Thank you. I was there in the little boy and you led me home. Thank you, because when you've done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. And because you fed the woman, food will never finish from your table. And because you gave your shirt to Kojo, your business will prosper. I'm opening doors for you. You will dress presidents and you will dress prime ministers. Jesus said, because you led that little boy home, on the day when your life journey ends on this earth, I will come and carry you by the hand and take you to your heavenly home because when you serve others, you are serving me. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the fable of Maxwell the tailor. Serving others is the same as serving God. There's a powerful impact when we serve. When we serve others, God is glorified. Doors open, blessings come, and lives are changed. That's the impact of serving. And that's the powerful message in our sermon today. We're going to discover how impact serving will make in your life and in the world. But before we do, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for your grace abounds to us, the grace that rescued us, the grace that transforms us, and the grace that empowers us to serve. So speak to our hearts today. Open our understanding and show us the steps you're calling us to take today to serve. We submit to you and bind every voice of the devil that would come to steal the seed of the word out of our heart. Every spirit that would deceive or disturb or distract us, we silence it in the name of Jesus. And I loose the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and lives to give us light and life and grace to obey in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I want to invite you to join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Agape House. It's great to have you here today. And welcome back to our sermon series, Impact. Everybody say, Impact. We began this series in week one with the impact of faith. We looked at the story of Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood, and we discovered that faith makes an impact because it connects you to the divine. Faith makes an impact because it fuels determination, and faith makes an impact because it allows Jesus to dominate your circumstances. And that brings us to the second message, the impact of serving. Now, when you first hear that, you might be confused because you might think, what difference does serving make? Serving is usually considered something for a, a man who has no other talent. Serving is a low position. And yet the surprising truth is when you serve, your life will make an impact. The surprising truth is serving makes an impact on you 
and in the world. And that's the powerful message in our scripture reference for today found in Acts chapter 9. It's the story of Dorcas. And you'll find the reference at the top of your notes. Your notes look like this. They're inside your bulletin. Go ahead and take them out and follow along as we discovered how serving makes an impact. If you're watching online right now, you can get the notes free on our website and on our Facebook page. Take them out now and receive the word of the Lord from Acts 9, 36 to 42. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Dorcas who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upper room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please, come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Dorcas, get up! She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. When you first read this story, I'm sure your attention is drawn to the miracle. We get excited about miracles, and here's an amazing miracle. A woman was raised from the dead. But I want us to take a moment and consider more than the miracle. I want us to think about the person who received the miracle. It was a woman named Dorcas, and it's important that we understand her message today, because at first glance, it may seem as if it's not clear why Dorcas would be chosen to be resurrected from the dead. She's one of the few people in the Bible who was raised from the dead, so what did she do to earn this great award? What did she do that made her so special that Apostle Peter would interrupt his schedule and come and pray at her bedside? After all, there's no record of her preaching. There's no record of her prophesying and seeing people's mobile number. There's no record she healed the sick or raised the dead or started a church. There's no record of anything she spoke. There's no record about her except what it says in verse 36. Dorcas was always doing good and helping the poor. But in that simple statement, there's a window into why she was raised from the dead. What made her a person of impact was that she lived a life of service, and her service set her apart. And in her story, we are going to discover today how serving makes an impact. And here's your first truth. Serving makes an impact because serving is significant. Everybody say significant. Listen to what the Bible says. Here's a woman who didn't do anything in life except serve. That's all we know about her. She helped others. She ministered. She used her life in a mighty way to serve. We don't see her words. We see her actions. And actions speak louder than words. Because of her life of service, in verse 36, the Bible says, Dorcas was a disciple. And when you read the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation, this is the only woman in the New Testament named as a disciple. 
disciple. Mary wasn't called a disciple. Martha wasn't called a disciple. Priscilla wasn't called a disciple. The only person named a disciple in the Bible is Dorcas. But not only that, the Bible says she was raised from the dead. And think about this. There must have been other people who died in Joppa. There may even have been other people who died that very day in Joppa, but they were not resurrected. There were other disciples in Joppa who died and they were not resurrected. Dorcas is the only person in Joppa who was raised from the dead. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. If you died, God forbid. I said God forbid. If you died, God forbid, would the church plan your funeral or pray for your resurrection? Because there are some people in this church, if they died, I would pray for their resurrection. And there are some people, oh, never mind, I won't tell her. Many of us here today will find it strange that this woman was selected to be a disciple and to be raised from the dead. All she did was make clothes for poor people. She was on the clothing distribution ministry. These weren't acts that were considered great. But she's the only woman called a disciple. She's the only woman raised from the dead in the New Testament. And that's significant. But when you think about it, the fact that she was raised from the dead and became significant makes sense. Because after all, that's what Jesus himself told us. In Matthew 20, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But it will be different for you. The Bible goes on to say in the next verse, it says it will be different for you. You've got to do what I tell you. Among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. So Jesus is telling us the greatest will be the servant of all. The ones who serve are the ones who have real significance. And when you understand that, you'll understand why Dorcas was singled out. See, friends, we often think that we have to do something great, something flashy, something popular, something that a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Instagram will follow. But it's the simple acts we do that matter most, the acts of service. Reminds me of a young husband who wanted to impress his wife about how much he loved her. So after she cooked for him and served him dinner, he started reciting romantic poetry to her. And then he told her, I will climb high mountains for you. I will swim across vast oceans for you. I will trek through the desert under the blazing sun to get to you. And I'll stand outside your window in the moonlight and sing romance songs to you all night long. And she looked at him and said, yes but will you help me clean the kitchen? And that ended the conversation. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Ladies, this is your chance. Nudge your husband. <laughs> because we often want to do lofty intentions and flowery words, but it's the simple acts of service that make a difference. Our love for God is seen in the simple acts of service. Dorcas didn't do great things. She did small things with great love. And you and I can do little things to serve God with great love and it will become significant. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Simple acts done in great love leads to significance. That's the lesson we can learn from our very own Stephen Adjman. You may not know who Steve is. You may not have heard his name or even know what he does. But at Agape House, he's known as manager. Everybody say manager. 
Steve came to join our team just a few weeks before this church opened. 15 years ago, Stephen Adjuman joined us, and he originally started as my personal driver. But his love for God and his devotion to service began to open doors for him. And the next thing we knew, he was there with us on Sunday at the Micklin Hotel as our drummer. He used to drum during worship. He would set up the sound and began to do all kinds of things. Eventually, he was working, running our sound. And any time we had a program, you would see Stephen for joining us concert or outdoor crusade watch night worship services Steve was always setting up the instruments and setting up the stage today Stephen Adjuman is our sound engineer <laughs> and you may not know who he is but if you're listening to this sermon today you need to thank Stephen Adjuman so here's what we all need to learn from Dorcas and from Stephen Adjuman. Anonymous doesn't mean unnecessary. Invisible doesn't mean insignificant. Any one of us can make an impact when we serve because serving is significant. When you and I serve, we become significant. God promises that he will reward us. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 25, 21, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Everybody say good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. And the Bible goes on to tell us, uh, you've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And see, friends, the truth is the amount you serve is directly tied to the amount of your reward. At the end of life, it's not the role you played that matters, but the service you gave. At the end of life, Jesus doesn't say, well done, great apostle. Well done, great prophet. He doesn't say, well done, reverend, doctor, archbishop, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. He doesn't say any of those things. He says, well done, servant of the most high God. He congratulates us for one thing, not the titles we hold, not the positions we held, not the crowds we pulled, not the impact we seem to make in people's eyes, but the one thing we did to serve. That's why I believe there will be a lot of shock in heaven. We'll get to judgment day and we'll all be saying, what a shock. The big archbishops, archapostles, archprophets will all be gathered waiting for their mansion and Jesus will give them a bungalow then some old lady with yellow gray hair and yellow teeth will come along. We don't know her name. We don't know what she did. And she will be given a mansion and we will all be in shock. What did this woman do? God said, I saw her in the midnight praying. I saw her serving. I saw her loving in the hidden place. She served by doing the small things with great love. For you see, when you serve God, you do it to him. And Jesus said he will reward you accordingly. In Matthew 10, anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, the Bible says, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So listen to what God is telling you. Your reward will be based not on your position, not on your title, but your service to God. You'll be rewarded not based on what people think of you, but God's view of your service. And God sees service as significant. People may look down on servants, but God 
values service. That's why even Jesus himself was a servant. Listen to his words in Mark 10, 45. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord of glory, the creator of heaven and earth came down to serve. That's significant. And it shows you what God thinks of service. And that's why as he came to serve, he commands you to serve. For he says in John 13, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So simply put, we must follow Jesus and follow his example by serving. If you claim to love Jesus, you must serve. If you're a follower of Jesus, you will serve. You cannot be a disciple. You cannot follow Jesus and avoid serving. You cannot live for God and avoid service because the two go hand in hand. And God says, when you serve, when you do what I consider significant, I will bless you. The last words say, God will bless you for doing them. And there's a blessing to you that will bring you up and lift you higher for God will bless your work when you serve. And that's our second truth today. Serving makes an impact because serving is a step up. Everybody say a step up. Turn your notes over to page two and understand today that God is telling us if we will serve, it will promote us. That's what happened to Dorcas. In verses 40 and 41, the Bible says, Peter got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Dorcas, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. So Dorcas' service prepared her for her resurrection. Because of her service, she was pulled up to stand on her feet. God honored her service. And here's the truth we all need to pack up and take home today. When you invest in what's significant to God, He will invest in your success. Serving is significant to God. He commands us to do it. He commends us to do it. Jesus himself came to serve, and it's significant and important. And when you focus on what's important to God, he will focus on what's important to you. That's why I believe serving is your stepping stone to your destiny. God has great things ahead for you, but you've got to begin to serve to get into them. That's the principle Jesus gave us in Luke 16, 10. Listen carefully. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Jesus himself is telling us when you're faithful in the hidden place, faithful in the small thing, faithful in doing what you can with what you have where you are, then God is going to open up new areas to you. You may be unknown. No one may applaud you. No one may thank you. But God sees you and your responsibilities will grow. That's the lesson Jesus taught in the parable of the three servants. In Matthew 25, he said there was a rich man who wanted to fly to Dubai and Shanghai. So he gathered three of his servants and gave them his property to manage. And when he came back, he asked them to give account. Two of them came and said, Sir, you gave us this money. We invested it. We built it. We used it. And we've created more. He promoted them and rewarded them. But the third servant came and said, I was afraid of what might happen. So I took the talent you gave me and hid it in the ground. I have nothing but what you gave me. And the Bible says that Jesus comes to rebuke him and takes away 
what he had. Listen to verse 29. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, do nothing. Everybody say do nothing. From those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. That's why it's important for all of us to start today where you are with what you have and serve. You may think you need some training course. You may think you're not skilled. You may think you don't have what it takes. But if you start today with what you have where you are and do something, God will open doors. That's why he says in Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices when you serve where you are with what you have now. That's the lesson we can learn from David. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 17 that David had older brothers who were bigger and more talented and seemed to have more opportunity for success. They were soldiers in the army of King Saul. They wore shiny armor. People applauded them. The ladies wanted them. Everything seemed to be going well for them. But the Bible says David was the youngest and he became an errand boy for his father and his brothers. Listen to verses 14 and 15. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. So David was running from his dad to his brothers, from his brothers to his dad, from his dad to his brothers, from his brothers. He was a messenger boy, an errand boy. He was the servant of all, but David dutifully obeyed. He embraced his role as a servant to the family and went faithfully to the battlefield every time he was called. And the Bible tells us he wasn't applauded, he wasn't appreciated, but he did not despise serving. And as David served faithfully, God opened doors for him. For the Bible tells us in verse 17 that one day his father, Jesse, called him and gave him bread and gave him cheese and said, David, take this to your brothers. And David obeyed. He took the package and went like a messenger boy, like a Jumia delivery man, and he gave them to his brothers but when he got to the battlefield as he was serving an open door came for him he saw Goliath on the battlefield and he heard Goliath taunt the people of Israel and he heard Goliath blaspheme God and suddenly faith rose in David and an anointing came upon him and he went and got some stones and got some slings from the place of service he stepped up and he slew Goliath and suddenly the doors opened for him and David became a mighty man and eventually the greatest king in Israel because he did not despise serving. Today I want to encourage you and tell you that God's anointing will fall upon you and God will open doors for you. The place where you will enter into your horizon of your destiny is in the place of service. You may be in a hidden place, but serve faithfully and God will raise you up. For here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. The fruit in your future exists in the seeds of your faithfulness today. You will get to your harvest as you grow in faithfulness. That's why Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Of what? Of doing good. Of what? Doing good. For in due season we will reap if we don't give up. In other words, your harvest is on the other side of your faithfulness. Listen. Destiny is not a drive-through. You don't drive up to destiny, order what you want, take it and go. Destiny comes at the end of service. 
Destiny comes through an open door brought about by faithfulness. You won't get to your destiny sitting in a seat week after week listening. You've got to get up and do good works. That's a powerful lesson we can learn from an American man named Mike Huss. Mike Huss was raised in a small town in California named Ione. As a primary school student at the Ione Primary School, he dreamed of one day becoming a professional athlete. But when he finished from secondary school, there was neither the money nor the opportunity to attend university. And at 22 years of age, Mike had to do something to earn a living, so he got the job presented to him, and he became a cleaner in the primary school where he'd been a student. He was hired to sweep and mop the floors of the classrooms at Ione Primary School. Well, that certainly didn't seem like a very significant position. His friends likely laughed at him and his dream of becoming a professional athlete quickly faded from view. But something else happened. As Mike continued to serve in the primary school, he began to engage and interact with the children. He started playing football with them and telling them jokes and encouraging them. And he found joy in helping the children and he found joy in presenting classrooms that were clean and provided a good learning environment. Finally, through hard work and determination, Mike eventually was able to enroll in evening classes at university. So he worked as a cleaner at the school and studied as an evening student at university. After 14 years as a cleaner at the local school, Mike graduated from university. And he was hired as a teacher at Ione Primary School. He literally went from being a cleaner on Monday to a teacher on Tuesday. He swept the classroom one day, and the next day he taught in that very classroom. His service became a stepping stone for a greater good. But Mike's step up didn't end there. Last month, Mike Huss was promoted and hired to be the headmaster at Ione Primary School. So he served 14 years as a cleaner, 19 years as a teacher, but today Mike Huss is the headmaster. His faithful service served as a step up. And the same thing will happen to you. God is going to open doors for you. He's going to open horizons for you. He's got opportunities for you. He's got greater things ahead for you. If you will remain faithful and serve, that service will become a step up. But not only will he bless you, he's going to bless others through you. For serving is not just a step up. It's also something that you can do that will touch the world around you. And that's our third truth today. Serving makes an impact because serving shines God's light. That's the truth we learned from the end of Dorcas' story. Listen to verses 41 and 42. Peter called the believers and the widows and presented Dorcas to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. So Dorcas lived a life of service which brought about her resurrection and the miracle she received ended up bringing many souls into the kingdom of God. God blessed her and God used her to shine a light. In fact, here we are today in 2022 using a language she never heard in a nation that didn't exist to a people she didn't know about talking about Dorcas. Here we are thousands of years later getting inspiration from her. That's significant. 
That's an impact. I believe when Dorcas was sewing clothes, she never dreamed that one day some O'Bruni from America would dress up in African attire and come and preach at Agape House in East Lagos. She never dreamed that in 2022 her name would be in the Bible and we would be getting inspiration from her. But Dorcas is here with us today and I'm preaching about her because she was a servant and serving is significant and serving is a step up and serving shines God's light. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I'm sure God wants to use all of us in that way. For you see, the Bible tells us he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think or imagine. God wants to do greater things in you and through you than you can imagine. The greatest dream you have for your life is not as great as God's dream for you. He wants to change the world through you. That's why he said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And God has called you to be a light. He's called you to impact this community, this city, this nation, this world. When you serve, your good deeds shine out. God gets glorified. People are touched. That's the impact of serving. In fact, that's the reason you were saved you're safe to serve. Listen to Luke 1. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. And when we first read that, we get excited. We say, yeah, God has come to redeem me. God has come to rescue me. My enemies will be under my feet. Fire my enemy. Fire, fire, fire my enemies. And thank God that God redeems us and rescues us. But that's only half of why you're saved. Because the second part says he saved you to enable us to serve him without fear. You've been saved to serve. If you're not performing good works, you're not fulfilling God's plan for your life. You may be making good effort. You may have good intentions. But failure to serve is failure to reach your destiny. But the good news for all of us is God doesn't just call you to serve. He empowers you to serve. Each and every one in this house today, you have a gift. Every one of you have a talent. Every one of you have a destiny. Every one of you have something to offer to others and to God. For 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you. Everybody say each of you. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to I can't hear you. Use them well too. Not only that, but 1 Corinthians tells us this. Now to each one, tell your neighbor he's talking about you. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Over and over, the Bible says every single believer, every Christian, every follower of Christ has a gift. And the purpose of that gift is for the common good. Use them to serve one another. You've been saved to serve. You've been called to serve. You've been empowered to serve. When you serve, God blesses you and needs are met. In fact, that's the definition of serving, putting other people's needs ahead of your own. When you do that, your light shines and God is glorified. That's the message we can learn from the amazing true story of the great American evangelist, Billy Graham. You've probably heard of him. I believe he's one of the greatest evangelists who ever lived. 
In his lifetime, he preached to millions of people all over the world. He had large crusades outdoors, you can see in this picture. He also had televised events, and so many millions of people came to Christ through his ministry. But you may not know that it would not have happened unless there was a group of people who served. You see, way back in 1934, Billy Graham was a young teenager growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina, USA. His parents were devout churchgoers, and they dragged Billy to church every Sunday, but he was not interested in church. He didn't want it. He was restless and resentful that he had to go to church. It seemed he was going to be lost. But then God touched some people in Charlotte to begin to serve, and their service impacted Billy Graham. First of all, a group of businessmen felt led to serve their community by praying, so they went to Billy Graham's father and took his field and held a prayer meeting. And then God spoke to an evangelist named Mordecai Ham. He felt led to come and serve by preaching, and the Christians in Charlotte began to gather and unite together to serve the Lord. Some served by building a tabernacle for the meetings. Some served by organizing and being on a committee, some served by praying, some served by ushering, some served as car park attendants, some served by singing in the choir, but hundreds of Christians in Charlotte gathered together and began to serve, and the meetings began to happen, and God was moving. In fact, the meetings lasted 11 weeks, and a lot of people were saved, but Billy Graham would not go. Then one day, his father's friend came and said, Billy, if you'll go to the Ham meeting tonight, I will let you use my vehicle. You can drive my vehicle and go to the meeting. And Billy took him up on it. He and his friend got in the truck. They drove to the meeting. When they got there, the place was packed. It looked like there was no seat available. They almost turned and left, but an usher came and said, I will find seats for you. And he took them by the hand and got them seats in the front. And the choir sang, and the people prayed, and the minister of God preached, and God moved and touched Billy Graham, and he came to the altar. And when he did, a man came alongside him and led him to Christ and prayed for him because hundreds of people served. Billy Graham got saved and through him millions around the world have been saved. And it all goes back to serving. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12 11, never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And that's the vision I have for us. If we will all arise and serve the Lord, if we'll do our part, if we'll do what we can with what we have, where we are right now, we can make an impact. We can bless the Lord with something significant to Him. We can all arise into new levels of our destiny and we can shine the light. We can impact East Lagon. We can impact Accra. We can impact Ghana and Africa and the world. We can change this generation as we pray, as we sing, as we serve, as we usher, as we all do our part we can arise and make the next 15 years better than the first 15 for we're not finished yet our best days are still ahead and as we arise in the power of service we can make a difference but it begins today right here right now you're in this church this is where God's called you to serve. Maybe tomorrow you'll go to London or the U.S. Maybe next week you'll be moved to Takarati. But for today, you're here. And service begins where you are with what you have now. Stop waiting for a better opportunity. Stop waiting for a bigger platform. Stop waiting to get more skill training and begin to do what you can with what you have where you are. I challenge everyone in this church today to begin to arise and make an impact through serving. And I want to challenge each and every one of you today. This is the time to arise and serve. For when you serve, you make an impact. 
serving is significant to God and when you serve you catch the attention of heaven God will open doors for you and bless you and your service will become a step up and as you serve you will shine a light in our city our nation and our world they will be changed for that's the impact of serving God richly bless you lift up your hands today father in the name of Jesus I pray for your people forgive us Lord for where we've been lazy forgive us for being lethargic forgive us for wanting to be applauded and acknowledged forgive us for looking for the position rather than just coming to serve I pray today Lord that you'll stir in us move in us move in each one of us to find our place to serve use us Lord to impact the world around us Lord we want to do what's important to you we want to open up our destiny we want to shine our light help us make an impact by serving in Jesus name amen God bless you for listening to this message Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon if you are ever in Accra we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.